On February 14th, 2018, Valentine's Day, at Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School in Parkland, Florida, near the end of the school day, while everybody was preparing to be dismissed and make their way home, the unthinkable happened. A 19-year-old gunman, armed with a semi-automatic rifle, walked onto campus, entered the hallway of Building 12, and opened fire. He shot at students and teachers in the hallway and fired through windows of classroom doors. The shooting lasted for about six minutes, and when the smoke cleared, 14 students and three faculty members had lost their lives. Scott Bagel, a geography teacher, was killed after he unlocked the classroom for students to enter and hide from the gunfire. Aaron Feiss, an assistant football coach and security guard, was killed as he shielded two students from flying bullets. And Chris Hickson, the school's athletic director, was killed as he ran toward the sound of the gunfire and tried to help fleeing students. Hello teachers from around the world and welcome to the Legendary Educator Podcast. I'm your host, Mr. Ramos. The Parkland shooting, as it is now known, was the deadliest high school shooting in U.S. history, surpassing the infamous Columbine shooting of 1999, where 15 lives were lost. My guest this week is Miss Denise Reed, former assistant principal of Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School. Miss Reed was on campus during the incident and was one of the first people on the scene, even before the gunfire had subsided. We discuss her personal experience of the tragic events of that day, the aftermath of the incident and how it affected her teachers, and how teachers should be cared for in times of crisis and after traumatic events. I'm truly honored to have her as my very special guest this week. Miss Reed, welcome. Mrs. Reed, thank you for your time today and for joining me, especially because we, we will be discussing a very touchy subject. A teacher's worst nightmare is losing a student. You surpassed that and you experienced a worst case scenario for any teacher. If you don't mind, can you sort of walk us through what you experienced, what you saw, what you, what you witnessed on that day? So um, this is going to be the fifth year um, since the Parkland shooting, and um, I was one of the assistant principals on the campus. Unfortunately, we were we witnessed I witnessed everything because of um, cameras mm. and um, and my location as far as being how close I was to everything. I had to look at the cameras to find what had occurred um, at one point and so was able to see or I saw um, the actual shooting occur, you know, and um, um, it was pretty unbelievable, just something I don't think anybody ever wants to experience. How far away were you from the actual event? You know, were you in the same building? Were you on the same floor? So, yes, I was um, not in the same building, but I was running to the building because of what, when we were hearing what was going on on the radio, well, first of all, the fire alarm went off, and that's what triggered me to leave the main camp, main um, office. Um, it was at the end of the day. It was about 2.20 when the alarm went off, and um, it, our school releases at 2.40. So mm. we were, like, wrapping things up in the front office, trying to get ready for dismissal. And um, 
so when the alarm went off, it was really odd. And so we were trying to figure out what it was. And our panel will tell us what it is. And it said mm. gas on the panel. And I told the other assistant principal, well, I'll go there. You, you start getting everyone out of the school. And that's what, because the alarm was going off. I said, you start working that. I'll head my over there. Mm. So I got within about, I would say, 100 feet from the building mm. when I found, I came upon the police officer with his, gun drawn and I could hear gunfire in the building. Um, how, long, how long was it until the police arrived? Well, we had a deputy on campus mm. to start with. Okay. And apparently he knew or heard the gunfire before the alarm went off. Mm. So he had already started already calling okay. for help um, and, and people knew. So as soon as our, our protocol is once the police are on campus, they take over. Mm. You, you, you let them do their job. Mm. So as soon as I saw him at that point, I knew that he had, he was on the radio, you know, c calling things out to people. And, um, I had, um, just passed the building in which my students, when there's a fire alarm, my students would be exiting for the fire alarm. So I looked in the window and I could see them going out and I thought, good, they're on point. So then when I continued on and came to the point where I could hear the gunfire and saw him, um, I went back to get my kids back in. Now we're on a on a lockdown. Mm. So I went in that building and I got my kids and um, it actually is um, the music building. Mm. So I went in there and got all my students. Um, and I thought at the time there were only 30, but I was working so fast to get them down low. And um, I had taken the bandstands and flipped them all up so that from the door, when you come in, they were like a blockade. A barrier, right. A barrier. Yeah, okay. So, um, there were 70 kids in that room at the time, and I didn't realize how many, but um, until the police let us out, it was approximately an hour after the shooting when we were um, let out of that room. And so when you went into the building, were you close? Were you in the same sort of vicinity? So I just opened the doors as on the first hallway because all the police were standing there, and I go, what happened in here? Mm. And they, they just were like, they couldn't even speak. Mm. Um, our deputy was there, the, um, our, our, they call him, a, um, our SRO. And, um, he was standing there. Our police officer was standing there. He goes, it just was, it's awful. Miss Reed, it was awful. And I just opened the doors and it was awful. Mm. And I shut the doors and I went, um, on to the, you camera. opened the doors to the first floor where this was happening where or it, it, happened. it had happened. Yes. Mm -hmm where it had happened mm. and um, and then just shut the doors and went to find the police officer command post. Okay, I'm not going to ask you what you saw in there, but but I do want to know, were there any teachers around you, with you, who also witnessed what you witnessed? Well, I did catch up with them. At, they had, were pushed out the other side of the building, so they went out a different direction, um, and the police took them out that way mm. and with their classes. So they headed out the west end, and I was on the east end of the building. Hmm. So I didn't at that point, but um, we worked until about 1.30 in the morning, and then we met our teachers at 7.30 the next. I met the teachers. I was assigned, and, um, and those were my teachers and people that I had a relationship with. Mm -hmm. So 
the principal said, I would like you to go and meet up with them at the library. That's where we were sending all staff. Mm. So you have a relationship with all these people. So um, that I had the close, you just, I mean, everybody had a good relationship. It was a great situation, but they were, they were my teachers. A lot of them, I had friendships with them and, Mm. you know, a real relationship beyond the classroom Mm. with a lot of them. So, um, so I met up with them and at the, the library the next morning, the next morning. Mm -hmm. Okay. And how was that meeting in the morning? Um, I told people it reminded me of the field of dreams when the people come out of the cornfields, like just like, hmm. and your the look on their face was extremely um, empty. Hmm. Um, didn't know they just were just it was it was tough. They were lost. It was heartbreaking. Um, they witnessed something that no one should ever have to see. Even, you know, like you think about the all the police officers, what they have saw, um, the first responders. It's not what is expected in life. Like, you don't ever, as much as you try to prepare for something, I'm sure they prepare for stuff, but it's not something you should ever have to witness, mm. ever. I mean, when we see these things on the news or we hear about them, like our hearts hurt. I can't even begin to imagine you know, being on campus, I mean, having a relationship with the teachers or the students who were lost that day. I can't. I mean, I'm not going to even begin to imagine. Right. It's just, it, 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 it's heartbreaking. It's just heartbreaking. But, um, and I just am so impressed by the children and the teachers on that campus afterwards. Mm. The resiliency was absolutely incredible. The willingness to come back, the, you know, like to fight through whatever their fears were and how they did that is, uh, it says everything about them mm. and who they are as, as a, a human being, because I don't know how you do that. And, and it was done and, and we did it together, but it was very difficult. And how did this affect the teachers? So you really fear what's the unknown. Like that's really what it is now where your sense of security and safety. Now you don't have that any longer Mm. because there's just, you know, in life you just know that, okay, something could happen, but you never believe that it's going to happen. Like, especially in a school. Right. Um, Or or, yeah. Yeah. Or even in your own, you know, like your home, something those are like sacred places Mm. And that, to me, was where, you know, your school, school's sacred. Right. We go here to learn. Mm. We have the children. We're constantly, as a teacher, we're constantly counting, sorting, mm-hmm. or, where they go, who are they. Yeah. That, you got, mm. that is like your whole being is, is watching children, taking care of children. And whether it is from the minimalist, who went out to the restroom coming back, how long have they been gone, right. that yeah. kind of, and you almost mm. think that's, silly to be but that is now put that on tenfold you know and that safety and security is no longer there and those simple things that you thought about now are being questioned why did you let so-and-so go to the restroom at that time 
I don't know, they needed to go to the restroom. And then you start saying, oh, if I didn't let them go to the restroom, if I wouldn't have let somebody go to the library, if I wouldn't have let somebody out the door. Mm. But it's, and those things were very normal and natural. Mm-hmm. Now it's, it's like you question yourself and everyone started to say, you know, question stuff. And so we will never, I mean, you can't second guess those things, no. but that kind of happened for a while until everybody, you know, really, uh, it was a, a process of dealing with all of those things and coming to terms with what you do and what you did was the best you could at that time. Mm. That's what you had. It, it was the best you could do. I wanted to interrupt this awesome interview to personally thank you for checking out Legendary Educator. I hope you're enjoying this episode and finding benefit in it to take back to your classroom. You know, creating a podcast and producing weekly episodes is actually pretty demanding. It takes time, energy, and yes, even some cost. But fear not, there is a way to support the podcast. Actually, two ways. The first thing you can do is go check out legendaryeducator.com slash resources, where I've compiled a whole list of products and services that are useful to teachers. You never know, you may find something that's just right for you, like discount school supply for your school supplies, lesson planet for prepared lesson plans, or better help for online therapy. Using the links on my website won't cost you anything. You may actually end up saving, but it will give me a little kickback to help support the channel. And if you don't find anything you like, you can just make a small donation by going to legendaryeducator.com slash donate. You can donate as little as a dollar. A buck a show. Sounds like a good deal. Again, thanks for tuning in, and I hope you enjoy the rest of this episode. What was the fallout on the teachers? Um... You know, some teachers, I'm assuming some teachers left or not, maybe. I don't like what was the effect on the teacher community? 99% returned to school. Mm, okay. 99% returned to school. Okay. Um, very resilient group. I'm telling you, I'm so proud of who they were, mm. are, who they are. I love mm. them dearly. Mm. We get together all the time. We, as a... Um, yeah, we, we get together, we support one another. You know, it's very hard. It puts you back in, in the moment when something happens at another school. Um, something happens in a building in which feels very similar to what happened to us. Um, so a lot of people will get that feeling. It goes back, um, you know, a little bit where you are uneasy, but every year I think it gets a little, um, a little, you get a little bit stronger. Mm. Not that it gets easier, you right. get stronger. Mm-hmm. Um, and we do, um, we'll, we will get together here. The um, Day of Remembrance is uh, coming up mm. on the 14th of February, mm. and we will be getting together as a faculty mm. and staff that, um, and we meet privately mm. as a group. Um, those that were on the campus that day. And it's very nice that we, it's not that I almost re, like equated it to, um, I, my dad always went to the VFW, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. and, or the, you know, where the lodge was other, they don't sit and talk about the war. They sit mm. 
and talk about any and everything mm. because they already know you know. Right. I don't need to tell you about it. I don't need to talk to you about it. You talk about everything else, but it's a safe place where everybody knows what you've been through, where you've been. So afterwards, that was the comfort zone, mm. was to be with others from the campus. And so I think a lot of that was what we did. We got together quite a bit. Mm. We um, worked on our mental health and made sure that we were strong and the best we could be for our students and the other staff, yeah. and, you know, and around us. And our, our we had to be strong for our families, too. Our families, you know, were frightened and and went through a lot. Um, and And we are all different because of it. So now they're dealing with different people. How were the teachers supported after the event? And what kind of support did they need? So um, I got them a lot of... Um, I We looked outside. It's trauma support you need. You do not need grief counseling because it's not about grief. Mm -hmm. It's about trauma. Mm -hmm. You've, you have been hit by something that you will never be able to describe to anyone. Um, inside and out. So um, trauma was really the key. Um, there is something that the police and the fire already do every day. Um, my son-in-law is a firefighter and my father was a police officer. So mm -hmm. they, if they went on a scene in which something really tragic happened, um, there's a team that comes and talks to them. It is a... Um, critical response team. Mm. So critical incident response. Um, and there, there's experts in this field. And what they do is they know that there are certain things that happen to every human body. There's it's physiology mm. and psychology. So it's a combination of things. So um, they talk to you about what you need to be looking for within yourself. Mm. So we got a lot of that kind of counseling. We had some experts fl flown in. And we had a seminar all day one day, and my teachers, like, the light bulbs went off. They go, that's why. That's why I feel mm. this way. And so the police officer, so you go to a drowning of a toddler in a pool, you'll have a team member from your, your um, you know, police department. Like, there's a team member assigned to you, mm. and that person monitors you. Mm goes through the protocol, which is asking questions. How are you feeling? What are you, how, how are you feeling today? What's going on? You know, that wasn't something that we should see. It's really just giving you, um, the understanding of what went, you know, what you should like, you, you're validated. It's mm -hmm. validating your feelings. Mm -hmm. And, um, and it's sharing with you also that, you know, at that time, you might do things that are not of char your character. Mm -hmm. You start to, you know, because of, you know, how you feel. And um, they they warn you of all those things and keep you, come on, you got to keep it, keep it right, you know, keep talking. And that person is with you to help you. Mm -hmm. So that was critical mm -hmm. for us. Mm -hmm. It was, it was huge. And we did support one another. We would meet one another sure. after work if someone had not a day, you know, this wasn't a great day. Mm. Um, one of the things I did notice, we lost our w one building. It was shut down with 30 classrooms. So we had to immediately, because we went back to school within two weeks. Mm. So we reopened the school in two weeks mm. and we put the teachers like 
normally a teacher has their classroom themselves right. and now they were sharing classrooms. Okay. So where it was my plan period, someone else was using my classroom. So a lot of people were on carts, pushing their cart with their stuff. <laughs> and so they weren't having their own stuff. Mm. So a lot of them, um, helped each other out. Um, and like made space in their classroom. You can always keep your stuff in here mm, if you want. Mm, mm. We also took a lot of like textbook closets. Mm. We cleaned those out. We made them into um, quiet rooms mm. because one of the things with PTSD, which um, quite a few of us had that, mm. um, you need calm and quiet. And then not Out of school. Out of school. <laughs> with and the every, bells going off yes. and, the, and the students running around and... And Mrs. Teachers, read this, Mrs. Read that. Right, yeah. or, or a teacher that was um, teacher, coming yeah. out of a classroom and going, I just taught, this This was the <laughs> coolest lesson, you know, and, and they're going like this, and you're like going, I just need quiet, mm. bring it down. So we made like Zen rooms, mm. and it really was awesome because um, I took that and I realized that that's what every school needs too anyways, mm. just in general. This is a, a job where... It's um, high stress sometimes, mm -hmm. and we just really could use that. So, you know, I love that that's something that this this whole district went to was a lot of uh, mindfulness, mm -hmm. um, talking about meditation, just taking, I have a lamp on my desk now. If, oh, I didn't realize overhead lights just are triggers. No. Fluorescent lights are not good for you. Mm. So I have a lamp on my desk mm. and a lot of times I'll shut my light up and, and put my, just my lamp on mm. if it's been a... <laughs> Love that. If it's been a really stressful day. Um, and, um, and so that's a way for it to come down. So I've learned a lot of things personally that help me in general for reducing stress mm. because that's what PTSD is triggered by step stress. Right. And then that's gives you that anxiety. So, um, so we did a lot of that. A lot of, and I, and I worked with the teacher. I went to my teachers every day and checked on them every day. I'd go through the whole, hallways and go grab their hands look at their eyes and make sure they were cool you know ready to go who checked on you um that was tough who checked on you um that was tough because we were the leadership team and they did they no we didn't have that mm. in the very beginning mm. so um it took a while but we crashed there was a point when we i crashed about six months after mm. um and um by crashed what do you mean so i literally had an episode where i forgot a complete conversation with someone. Like I kept saying, I never spoke to you about that. Mm. I have the memory of like a steel trap. Mm -hmm. My husband, 40 years of marriage, he goes, how do you remember that? And I, and I will tell him exactly. I know what he's talking about. <laughs> and, and women probably <laughs> mostly remember everything. I can tell my husband what he was wearing when he said it. Yep, yep, yep. Okay. Exactly so for me to completely forget a conversation mm. and my friend thought, are you joking? I, she said, are you kidding me? Like Denise, this was so vivid. And I'm like, we didn't have this conversation. 100% we did. Mm. That was my 
That was my crash. Mm. That was when I completely realized I needed some help. Mm. So, um, so I did go through a couple of therapists mm. <laughs> because I'm extremely strong person to start with. Mm. So, um, ran a couple of them around the block and then, um, found someone that truly, um, understood trauma mm. and understood me. And it was a perfect fit. And, um, it really, um, changed my life. It just put me in a great place now. Mm. Yeah, I'm in a great place. Yes. Was the care that the teachers got enough? You know, obviously looking back, hindsight is 2020. Is there anything more somebody could have done? Is there anything else somebody could have done? What should they have received? What you know, could have they received? So I don't think it's not. It's going to be like more, but it would have been sooner and more organized and mm-hmm. better. It, it is. Everybody kept saying, "Well, nobody." Nobody believes this is going to happen. Mm. So you're not really prepared for something like this. Mm. And now Columbine was 20 years ago. Mm. Why aren't we? Right. Yeah. Again, why aren't we? Mm. You know, so I'm not, I'm not saying, but I know every district is doing this. Mm. Um, is it's not just us. It's not just where we are now, but I know that there are a lot of places that are still not there where where we are now i mean we have um a lot of resources 100 percent now um but at the time did not have they they had grief counseling Mm. they did not have the trauma in place nor did they understand that that was what was needed first and foremost and um and it took a little bit to get that together but once it came in then we all we knew what that was the difference. That was the change maker right there is the trauma counseling. Mm. And we continue with that. Um, there is someone coming here. Um, Deb Scully Del Vecchio. Mm. She was with, um, Sandy hook Mm. and Deb came down for us and she still comes and she'll be here uh, February 4th all day okay. for our, our teachers. Mm. Um, and uh, she, she is probably someone that led us to a lot of very good people mm. and a lot of questions. She helped us form the questions to our district as to when, does, when are you going to get us this? How are we going to get this? We need this and what we needed. Mm. She gave us some lists of things that we needed to be asking for and how to help ourselves. Okay, let's end with some advice to the teachers out there. If a teacher witnesses something that is tragic or or traumatic or loses a student or I mean goes through something that is going to affect them in a way, right? What should they do? What should they look for? What should they I mean who should they talk to? What should they talk about? What should they ask? Well, I think that definitely Hopefully leadership is there and, and they're able to support that. But definitely, um, it's trauma counseling and trauma therapists. Those are the ones that understand 
what occurred and how to come through that and what there's just techniques there's there's all kinds of little techniques that get you through it mm. from and and people don't even know you're doing it there's tapping there's things um with the rhythm of the brain and stuff just mm. sometimes when you're nervous or ang- anxious not nervous anxious mm. there's a uh, tapping your legs and your feet at this you go up and down up and down mm. up and down like this so mm. i can sit at a table and no one knows mm. that i'm anxious and I'm oh, under the table yeah. doing a little tapping and it brings me right back to where I need to be. Yeah. So they give you tools yeah. that get you to where you are able to be the best you can be. So um, definitely have to go look for the help. Though. Don't wait. No, absolutely not. It is the faster you get that support and, and those techniques and that help, the sooner you are um, heading in the right direction. Even if you think you're okay. Correct. Even if you think you're Wonder Woman <laughs> and you're strong. So when I told my um, therapist, I said, you know, I'm not no sissy crybaby. And she's like, oh, that's what she throws back at me all the time. Yeah, I know you're not no sissy crybaby. But no, I was never. I've never been that way. I'm mm-hmm. v- always very strong person. I've been through a lot of tragedy in my life. But this just took me to my knees for the first time. I mean, like, seriously. And um, we've had a lot in our schools and um, seen a lot. But um, I, I take care of, I, I told you this before, too, that I like to take care of my, t- my, t- my job is to take care of my teachers. Yes. So that was what I was focused on. Was because teachers take care of the students. That's why. Right. If I take care of them, they do the job I really want done, exactly. and that's my kids getting taken care of. Right. So that's what I did, but mm-hmm. I didn't look at myself. Mm-hmm. And I think that's something that we all need to do while we're taking care of the children. Right. This is to educators. You're taking care of those kids. What are you doing for you? Right. What are you doing for you? I really um, have always, I was pretty good as a teacher that when I walked off the, out of the building, my, that was it for me. Mm. I, I definitely shut down and went home because I wanted to be present every time. I I'm, I will stay till 6, 7 o'clock at night, get it done. Mm. So when I walk in the door, I'm present. Right. So I've always done that as a teacher, but as an administrator, it was harder for me because I felt responsible for everyone. Right. That's a lot more than one person, you know. So Extending that answer, and I mean, this may feel redundant, but how about you know, leadership, administration, what are they supposed to do for the teachers who are going through trauma or crisis or loss or bereavement, etc.? Well, we just, I mean, that's what I, that's my job. I got to take care of them. So I always, um, in my routine, know my teachers have conversations at the beginning of the school year. I like try to see where they're at, what they're, what's going on in their lives. So then I am also trying to be supportive there. Um, you know, there's a lot of teachers like myself, even at this point, my parents are now, um, older and things are going on. I'm now I'm in that role, taking care of my parents. Mm. So there's a lot. And I found this even this year, I have several teachers that are going through the same thing, looking for, um, assisted living for their parents Mm. and stuff like that. So I'm always, and I know that because I go and speak to them and check on them. So that's our job so that the, I'm going to try to help them take some burden in, in any way I can help them so they can take care of our students. The job of the leadership is to support the teachers because the teachers support the students. I love that. Thank you yes. so much for your time, Mrs. Reed. 
So if you've managed to reach this far, I'm going to go ahead and assume that you're enjoying this episode. And what better way to show me that you're enjoying the podcast than by doing something to support it financially? It's just the right thing to do. You can go to legendaryeducator.com resources to find links to products and services. Using the links aren't going to cost you anything, but I'll get a small kickback for every purchase you made. And if you don't find anything there, you can go to legendaryeducator.com donate and donate as little as $1 or more if you're feeling generous. Do the right thing. Thank you for tuning in this week. If you'd like to support the channel, please like, comment, and subscribe. Next Monday, I'll be speaking with another legendary educator. Class dismissed.